Hey everybody and welcome to the Health Tech Podcast where we talk about everything healthcare and technology. I'm your host, James Somaru, and this is your weekly Sunday session. Hey everybody, hope you're having a great week this week. So this episode is going to be about tips for new doctors and specifically tips for new doctors looking to be innovative and to innovate in the uh, hospitals and systems that they're in. So the reason I'm doing this, a couple of reasons, I suppose. The first one is that I can remember it like it was yesterday going in as a brand new doctor and the, uh, the, the worry, the panic, but also the intrigue and excitement. And it's such an interesting time. And I guess I can share a few little nuggets from my first year and, and first bit of my year as well to, to, for those that want to innovate but I suppose the other reason is I've seen on Twitter and actually all the different platforms a lot of different things going on that I'd like to wade in on basically and I think one of them is that people seem really grateful if a consultant does a bit of a job or there's actually some teamwork and I think there's so much for us to do on the ground floor of clinical medicine to free up people's time so that they not only care for patients but actually care for each other too. You know, I even saw one thread from a med reg who's still scared, it's the best way of putting it, to refer into specialties because he's talked down to and treated terribly. It's just a shame that these things still happen in medicine. And I think anything that we can do to increase efficiency, and I think that's our responsibility in the technology world, you know, is going to make things a lot better or at least a bit better. So I'm going to share a few different tips that I've got for people starting on, an, on the job as a doctor. Uh, that might have done computer science or data science or have this amazing skill set to, to put to work or indeed might not and actually just see some things that they want to change. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about how I did that and a few of my tips that I've picked up along the way. So the first tip I've got, and I've got a few written down here, is to be inquisitive. So I always used to ask why things were the way they were, which can be a very irritating and annoying question for the people that have been there a long time, but you have fresh eyes as a brand new doctor and that is your advantage. And I think when it comes to improving systems and changing the ways that you know things have been and, and threatening an establishment, if you will, to, to do that, I think those fresh eyes are so important. And I think for you guys to ask loads of questions and to see if you've got any ideas to raise them and to try and explore how to do new things or change the way that systems have always been, I think is extremely important. And so being inquisitive is a massive, massive strength or having fresh eyes is a massive strength and being inquisitive is the way that you can put that strength to work. But my second tip is to be humble. And I think it's often easy to think that you've got the right answers or that because you've used a different technology in another part of your life or that you've done a different degree before and you can you know create something that could help it's easy to fall into a trap of telling people that have been there a long time how they can do their jobs better which can actually be quite offensive so what i'd say is be extremely humble if you are trying to change something and really lead with that inquisition and really lead with questions and asking people it's like we say all the time this podcast isn't it about you know founders of companies wanting to or needing to get in and really understand the problem and understand everybody that touches i think if you spot a problem in the hospital it's exactly the same thing that you need to do there and really really understand it and how uh, how your knowledge or how whatever it is you're proposing could make a change and i think it is being inquisitive and and approaching that the right way by questioning 
The next thing that I'd say is that there's no project too small. And I think when you're learning your trade as an innovator or intrapreneur or indeed entrepreneur, depending on how you want to define what you're doing, or even quality improvement person, uh, which is what I also defined myself as for a little while when I was a clinician. I think there genuinely is no problem too small. So I can remember in my you know, first few weeks of being a doctor, I noticed that everybody was printing off the only printer in the hospital that was double-sided because it just made things a lot easier and less paper to carry around. And you know, also the fact that a lot of printers didn't work. And because I was on a job that gave me a fair amount of spare time, I was on liaison psychiatry, I actually used a fair amount of that time in the first few weeks to just systematically go around and start fixing printers and making sure that IT knew about it and that different people knew about it that needed to in order to try and fix them and spent, you know, what might have been considered a disproportionate amount of time to do that. But I guess this is what got me hooked on on changing things and changing the system and improving little things because I saw the efficiency that was gained from everybody no longer queuing for one printer, being able to print from different wards, being able to start your lists on time, patients got fed on time, ward rounds finished on time and therefore surgery starts. You know, all these different things and knock-on effects were coming out of solving this one problem, which was around just making sure the lists were printed from different computers and people were able to print from different computers. So I really learned the value of small projects and actually just fixing things that actually solve a problem in people's day. And as I say, no project too small, no matter how you want to get started on the innovation or entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship route, find a problem, immerse yourself in it and go about fixing it. And I promise you, if you're anything like me, you will get an insane high from doing that and it will uh, spur you on to do the next thing. And as you go along solving small problems that might seem small, but actually uh, solve a big problem in the end, I think what you need to start doing is, or what you should start doing is learning the management side. I think if you are a new doctor, you'll hear a lot of them and us when it comes to doctors and managers. You know, they're the people that finish at five o'clock and they see you as a number and all these absolute nonsense things that you hear about on the management side, or I certainly did when I was a junior doctor. And I think one of the best things that I actually did, and I would really encourage new doctors to do this, is take some study leave. And with that study leave, shadow people on the management side. And so shadow people in finance, shadow the finance director, shadow the chief exec, shadow someone in strategy, you know, shadow literally anybody on the management side so that you can have a better understanding of how the hospital works. You will have such an advantage when it comes to then solving problems in the hospital because we would call them stakeholders, the people that care about the money, the people that are actually gonna make decisions. A lot of those sit on the management side. There's a lot of decisions made by committee in hospitals. And so a genuine understanding of how those people think, how those people need to do their day job, how those people need to make change or how they do end up making change is extremely important when it comes to solving bigger and bigger problems in the hospital which if you are an innovator you'll end up doing and so the sooner that you can have a genuine understanding of how the management side of the hospital works i believe the better doctor you'll be full stop but also certainly the better innovator you'll be so take some of that study leave get emailing the chief exec and the rest of the c-suite of the hospital get shadowing them and i promise you you will learn a great deal 
Next thing I've got written down is QI projects. So I think we've talked about solving problems in the hospital. That is QI projects. I was never chasing points for my SHO applications or reg applications. I was never doing it for that reason. I was just trying to pick up problems to solve. I think nowadays you are getting points for that stuff, which is ideal. But what I would say is audits, if you're an innovator, if you listen to this podcast, you probably are an innovator. There's no point doing an audit for the sake of an audit. There's no point really, in my view, just defining the problem. I think it, it is good, obviously, it does have to be done, but I think that you're gonna get a lot more from it if you audit something, find a problem, but then contribute a solution. Try and put something in place that actually changes something. I think in audit, they'll call that closing the loop. And it's sort of an optional, it certainly was when I was doing those things. It was more just, you know, find an audit to do to get the points. But if you listen to this podcast and you listen to the entrepreneurs and you're getting inspiration from that, then you're going to get the most value from closing the loop. You're going to get most value from putting a solution in and seeing if it works. And if it doesn't, trying again and putting something else in. I think, you know, PDSA cycles, plan, do, study, act, and just keep going around that circle. Plan, do, study, act, and just making sure something is done. And if you listen to the other tips, you know, if you've shadowed someone in finance, you know someone over there, you can, you know, ask for some money to do something. You can write a business case, which I'll come on to in a second. But I think the most important thing, if you are looking to innovate, is to make sure that you are closing that loop. And so onto business cases. So when I shadowed people in finance as a junior doctor, it was obviously very weird. Nobody was really doing it. And uh, I think I was getting an unfair advantage on a lot of people that were trying to make change in the hospital simply because I had this greater understanding. And one of the things was a business case. So I can remember shadowing someone called Linda and it was through something called the KSS School of Clinical Leadership. So I basically wanted to do a lot of QI, ended up finding this School of Clinical Leadership in, in the KSS deanery. And uh, yeah, ended up learning how to write a business case uh, from her, which put me in an incredible position because then as soon as I wanted to bring something in that the hospital would pay for in order to solve a problem, I understood how a business case worked. I understood how to cost it. I understood the, literally the format of one of these reports and how people at the C-suite would read it. And so it, once I'd written a business case, I was taken extremely seriously. So that's what allowed me to get in front of chief execs and boards and that kind of level in order to make change. And so I think the quicker that you can learn to write a business case, again, the better. I think it makes you a better doctor. I think it makes you a better consultant if you're looking that far down the line. But actually, I think even as a junior, if you're looking to make change and you know how to write that into a business case, you're gonna get heads turning. And I think you'll be much better off when it comes to getting people on board with your ideas. And so now with all this knowledge of bed days, return on investment, business cases, you've got a really good understanding of the way the hospital works. I think it's a really good time to then be thinking about the technology that you're already using in all the different parts of your life and figuring out how you might be able to repurpose that for medicine. Again, I can remember something as simple as when I was on liaison psychiatry, <coughs> excuse me, that I would go and see patients and you'd have to write in the notes, you'd then have to come back and write it onto Rio. And I think whether it was an OCR engine or whether it was something uh, like voice to text, I just, I remember I just created this solution that just meant I only had to do it once. And it was relatively straightforward. It wasn't really a big deal, but for people that were then previously doing twice the amount of work and then you halve it by only after writing the notes in one place, it makes a big difference for people. And so something as simple as that can 
make a, a big difference for <clears throat> for clinical staff and has a knock-on effect the amount of patients you're able to see and all these different things anyway have a think about the tech that you're already using in different parts of your life and how that might be able to be repurposed and perhaps get in touch with those companies and have an initial chat with them put a focus group together of the people that might bring that technology in on the clinical and the managerial side and think about that i remember again putting a focus group together of, of consultants and juniors and a couple of technology companies and figuring out how to solve a discharge summary problem that the discharge summaries were just piling up. We weren't really able to, to clear them. And so by bringing GPs in are the people that read it, by bringing F1s in that are the people that write them, but then a couple of technology companies that could help solve, solve the problem that the tech was too slow and all the rest of it, we could get to a solution pretty quickly. So I suppose putting focus groups together is, is another good one to get everybody around the table um, and all the stakeholders to get to a solution. And so, yeah, thinking about technology that you already use is a good one but also i think looking around for health tech companies that are looking to solve similar problems i think your hospital will have or indeed your gp practice if you're starting there but uh, i think your hospital will just have lots of inherent problems that can be solved that are being solved and the health tech community now is so much bigger and so much better than it was you know years ago when i was a junior doctor and so i think there are lots of these problems being solved there are lots of clinicians that are now entrepreneurs solving these problems that have got a real genuine understanding of it at the ground floor so whether you know talking about people on this podcast whether it's uh you know problems with task management and you go to infinity health whether it's communication and you go to forward which is now pando and that episode's coming out soon you know lots of these different problems can be solved by technology companies that already exist and are already trying to do it in health tech and so have a little scroll down the episodes and see who's been on have a listen to what they do and uh yeah maybe think about how you might implement that into your hospital and again that's why an understanding of the management side is so important because instead of just thinking well how would i even get this in by spending the time to understand the other side of the hospital you're going to have a much greater chance of uh putting something together that allows that company to at least get a trial or a pilot or even a conversation with somebody. Uh, so also by shadowing those management people and building that relationship, they will trust you and they'll, they'll trust you as the friendly face clinician to do those things. And so I really, really believe in bridging that gap and, and that being a really strong place to spend your time as a junior doctor in order to plug a lot of these health tech gaps. Um, and I guess the final tip is is to reach out to me if you think I can help. I've been on this journey. I've been a junior doctor. I know it's tough clinically and there's loads of things to do there. But I think if you are an innovator and you're looking to do these projects and you're looking to make a difference to systems and you don't have to be thinking about, you know, deep learning and AI and all those different things, you can just be looking to solve a, print, uh, solve a problem with a printer and fix a printer you can end up having a huge amount of impact uh, just following your nose and, and asking people why things are the way they are and trying to fix little problems. And, and if you're anything like me, you'll end up graduating to bigger and bigger ones and ending up in the technology world, which is uh, where I am now. But anyway, if you think I can help, by all means, get in touch. Obviously, as always, my details are in the description of the episode. But yeah, I uh, wish all of you guys that are starting now the best of luck. I hope you're all doing okay. Um, I know it's tough. I know that from the episode on Thursday that came out with uh, Robin Simmon, who directed uh, Do No Harm, the latest documentary on how tough it is for clinicians and the mental health issues and obviously leading to suicide and all these different things in the documentary, which is not ideal. But it is obviously showing the fact that we do have lots to do 
and improving efficiencies in hospitals to take the pressure off clinicians and make patient care better. So I hope that you can all help along that route by solving a small problem. And uh, as I say, if you have any questions, feel free to get in touch with me. And I hope everybody has a great week.